Father, we come to the conclusion of, Father, I pray that uh, your spirit would uh, just be in our midst. Father, I pray that your conviction um, from your spirit in our lives would be strong about um, what we really believe. Father, it's very clear as we've gone through this very many times, um, our belief structure, our thinking processes, our decisions in our lives don't match confidence that we say we have as it precarious. And Father, I just ask that as we go through credible foundation, Father, may you give us last leg of the stool framework of how we think, critical component of our lives both now. Father, may uh, our cause us to Understand how confidence about hope, measurable abilities in this life to please help us understand that connection. Cause your word to just come alive. Navigate through some of the questions that I'm sure about the future. Work in our hearts. To his name. Amen. Okay, let's uh, kick off with your homework. I mean, how, how did it go? Were you able to do some? And uh, how, uh, do you have any um Hiccups or anything? Anybody? Hiccups. <laughs> oh, hiccups. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Doesn't isn't that tr- Yeah. Isn't that isn't that so true? Isn't that so true? I, I I tell you, whenever I have like been entering into like windows in my life of really wanting to go deep and wanting to spend time and really want to grow in Christ and when I really um. Uh, call it, you know, meditate and go to the next level of, of uh, letting the word of Christ dwell within me richly. It, it's our adversary knows that, and yeah. and and he throws lots of things my way um, that causes us to be distracted from that which is the devotion we can have. You know, John and I were talking a little bit about that. Before. Other things, anything else? But what? Um, so, my assumption coming into this particular one is that. This is a little more difficult, you know, um, than other ones. Uh, and so that, that's why I, I really want to spend a lot of our time just really getting into it. Um, uh, not, not spending a whole lot of time looking at last week or before. Jump right into things. Go ahead. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Great. That's a Yeah. 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 Yes. And then Buddhism. Yeah. Are you talking plainly? Which part of Buddhism? Yeah. Annihilation. <laughs> what kind of annihilation? <laughs> <Can> I... Yeah. <laughs> so I I agree. It's very broad. Um, uh, so, hard to put your arms around, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So I went. Yep. So. And then I went. Oh my hey, Tim. Well, I honestly believe that right. I could say sure. because you repeat things. Right. <laughs> exactly. With in this life, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a great, great point. Um, number two, then, um, how would you answer wh- the question where you're going? Okay, Helen? Huh? We keep getting <laughs> and that's a real settled framework, isn't it, Vicki? Oh, happy and birthday. birthday. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And it's, okay. it's okay. You know, the, the conversation we just had is exactly where I wanted to go with this. Because... Um, so many times we think about um, where you're going being kind of after this life. And we're going to see through the scriptures that we're going to look at that um, believers in Christ, we don't have to wait till we get there. We can live in this place of joy, and it is literally a per- precursor of our ability to, quote, get it. 
on the on the journey towards um, that which is yet to come. So, great points. Um, and I'm going to come back to um, four and five um, a little bit later. And and we already talked a little bit about options here. Um, because of time today, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on our options. We put we we threw some down here. Um, as we've talked about in the last three weeks, like the options are inf infinite across the other side of the chasm from the standpoint of a biblical worldview. I mean, they're infinite. They're diverse. They're infinite. <laughs> There's so many you can come up with, but it comes back to, as we said, when we start down that, that railroad track, if you, get, if you get creation wrong, right, get creation wrong, everything kind of goes awry from there on out. Your purpose, your reasons for right and wrong, your rel relativism, you know, your future, you know, because nothing you have, you have nothing to hang on to that's concrete other than what? What we said was mysticism, right? Uh, and general revelation. That's the only two things I have to hold on to. So I got to come up with something. Therefore, my something is you know, whatever it is outside of um, biblical worldview, really. Why is that? Because my something puts me in a state that, that I don't have to have accountability. Right? Yeah. Because if there is a creator, then I'm the creation. What? Accountable. Accountable. Fundamentally. Like, that's, the, that's the genesis of the framework to begin with. And you go outside of that, that picture from the very beginning. You know, that's why the you know, author of Hebrews says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were made nothing by faith. So that starts that journey. And if the railroad tracks are off there slightly, just, I mean, a sixteenth of an inch, you get out there quite a ways, and it's, it starts to really come apart, right? Makes sense to everybody? Yeah. So we have a lot to cover, and I'm going to jump into our time together, and then we're going to hit the other questions here on, on the journey towards that end, okay? All right. So... Um, I wanted to just remind us where we've come from very quickly and then jump into our time together today. So um, kind of at the top of page two, you'll find um, the different weeks that we've covered, right? So uh, at the top of the 12 o'clock here, we, we started with where I came from. And again, remember, I said these are only the primary elements of the worldview, right? These are the, these are the four legs of the stool. There's lots of other dimensional aspects of a, of a worldview. But like if you, if you, these are the primary ones. If you get these wrong, like, like everything else comes apart, okay? So um, my origin, where I came from, my purpose, why I'm here, my compass, what is right and wrong, and then this week, my destiny, where am I going? So while everything is really broad in what I gave you as a framework to talk and think through this in your homework, when you distill it all down, I just want to make it sure it's really clear. It's, it's am I going to go to heaven or am I not? One could argue that annihilation is another option, someplace in somebody's mind. But whether you believe that or not doesn't really matter. Because it's not true. <laughs> Follow me? So, so wouldn't you want to know if that was, I mean, the implications of getting that one wrong are massive. Might want to have a perspective of why that would be. But we'll talk more about how to go from here to there at the end of our time. Together. Does that make sense to everybody? Um, 
So, um, so from a, a learning objective perspective, uh, at the top of page two, uh, we want to understand where I am going, where I am going. So um, let's get, jump into it. Uh, turn with me. Uh, well, let, let, I want to give you a couple of uh, points on an overview of heaven real quickly. Um, some have said that the Bible speaks little about heaven. Um, I had the an immeasurable privilege when we had longer classes to be able to do a two-year study of heaven. Now you ask yourself the question, how in the world could you find a two years of, of deepness in the scriptures about heaven? Well, I'm telling you, it's there. We just don't know it. We just don't understand it. And so um, the Bible speaks a lot about where we are going. And and so that's critical. Another is um, explicitly or implicitly, the Bible is a book all about the future and all about the future of mankind and the world. What's fascinating right now is like we are in the epicenter of where this all, all is going. Like there, there were great times to be on the earth in the past, in history, but we're at what is becoming the epicenter of the future. And, you know, I could... I could go on days just from my own uh, business perspective of how all the dimensions and the elements are coming together for the prophetic timeline. And um, I'm not saying it's tomorrow, but I'm saying it's coming very quickly. Technology alone has brought us to a place that no one ever thought would be even remotely capable uh, to, to be able to usher in this next and so, we'll talk more about that. So, in God's master plan of uh, in God's master plan of the redemption of all things, a couple things here: the stage is being set, the cast of characters is being unveiled. Um, don't for a second think that like it's a pure coinky dinky, okay? That Iran and Russia have forged an economic and a strategic. Alliance that has never occurred in the history of the world. Never. Um, the match has been kindled underneath the worldwide conflict between good and evil. We read Revelation, and he says, you know, our great adversary, you know, Satan, knows that his time is short. So um, he has kicked off what I believe is, you know, the, the realization of many of the prophecies, you know, towards this this. Next, these next steps. Um, these hostilities, those hostilities are beginning to coalesce at the epicenter of the earth in Israel. So you read Zechariah, he says God will make Israel um, flaming torch, like a, um, something that like gets at the very essence of everybody around them. Um, and you see that happening. Like while you have the Arabs going at each other, let me tell you, if any one of them start to you know, pick a fight with Israel, then everybody will come on board because that's a, it's a common enemy um, to that end. Without re well, there's reason, which goes all the way back. Well, you know. it does, but yeah. it's just they ingrained in them. Other than it's, yeah. it's, I, it's I, 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 ideological. Yeah, it's ideological, and it's, it's, it is literally what we saw in those verses about the, um, the, 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 the doctrine of demons, 
It's the doctrine of demons that says our adversary hates Israel because Israel ushered in Christ. And so, like, he hates them. And he, he has tried for all time since the beginning to kill off that, that race. And after 2,000 years, like, no other um, country in the world has ceased to be a country and come in to become a, become a country in 1948 to be able to say that that actually has material. Like, he does that, but God, right? Um, so, yeah. These events are prophesied about in the scriptures, and their end will come, culminate in eternity. What we're talking about here is that there will be an eternal state. We will talk more about that. Um, Next is what we believe and understand about the future in heaven will, be de- will determine who, who we really believe God is. This is really critical. When I started this, these studies about the future, what I became painfully clear to me is that you ask the average believer about the future, and they've never been taught about the future whatsoever, especially heaven. And like... I mean, they know kind of, yeah, it all turns out in the good place, and God wins, and, and we're with him forever. I mean, that would be about the most that they know. What my challenge is, what I found was that when people don't think highly of heaven, they don't think highly of their God. Because if they were to think and know that which God has planned, they would then think highly of God. They would lift him up in their lives. They would speak highly of him about what he has planned for others. And they would be, it would urge their souls to have this deep desire for their non-believing friends to be able to. I believe this is one of the most jugular things that exists in our, as believers that we don't know and understand. Because if we did, we would think, we, we would highly recommend our God to other people. It's done, help us get there. Um, and last but not least here, knowing, that this, knowing this, knowing who God is and what he's done, will help us, will help you know him, transform the decisions of your life today and prepare for the, the rest of your life forever. So turn with me to 1 John just really quick. I, I just want to lay the foundation in this verse really quick because I think it's, it's critical. 1 John chapter... Uh, three. First John chapter 3. Um, uh, would somebody read verses 2 and uh, 3? First John 3, 2 and 3. Know that when he appears, we one who has this hope. So talk to me about the connection between the hope we have and that which is in this life. What is the connection? What is he saying? First of all, he says that we don't know what we're going to be like, but we know that when we see him, we'll be what? We'll be like him. I'm going to come back to that a little bit later. Will we like him? But then he goes on to say something. What is it? Okay. And what will that do for us this life? So what I hear you saying is, you know, I, I hear this all the time, right? Why would we, I mean, why would we talk about the future? People disagree about the future. So, you know, it's just that thing. We know there's some essentials and everybody gets it. But it's, it doesn't become a really, like, powerful or important thing to study. Um, because for some reason, I don't know, in Christendom, we've kind of set it over here. Um, but according to this, it says, like, the single biggest issue that you can have in your life about, about not sinning 
is to have a strong, fundamental, living hope about the future. He says when you understand that and you understand your God, like those two connections are going to be critical in this life as you make decisions day in and day out to please him or not to please him. You see the connection there? Isn't that, isn't that strong? Like that, when I found that verse, it was like, oh my goodness, like this is, like if I have this strong framework about that, then, then as I'm in the moment about making decisions to please God or sin, like that should like, like completely invade my soul because like our God is who he said he was and, and like he remembers and he, he's going to reward and like that should really encourage my heart about that in the moment. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah beloved children, little yeah. children. Yeah. And coming Correct. to them. And he opens their minds to understand. Life. <laughs> so. Life. life. <laughs> All of the above, right? So, yeah, um, great. Right, and that there's answers and that, like, you know, we have the ability to please God today because we have this firm foundation laid up before us. According to Second Peter, it is our living hope. It is our is the thing that that gives us the joy of the, our souls in the moment. And and the Spirit's got to be like I prayed when I started. Right, the Spirit's got to be the one to that that bring it bring it forward. So great. Okay. Well, some excerpts I want to look at. Let's look at John 14 verses 1 through 3. Jesus promised to come again and take us to wherever. To where he is forever. John 14, 1 through 3. If somebody get that, go ahead and read it. Father's house are many dwelling this thing's pregnant with incredible observations about the future. Talk to me about some of those. What, what, he's, he's go ahead. Says, wherever God the Father is, he's going there. You've got to be with him, right? So, so is there here? Here's to be someplace else because he says, right. I'm going to come here, right? Where you are, right, and I'm going to take you from here, and I'm going to take you there, it's right? Like, well, so it's a what we were talking about look, earlier in Colossians when he says, he right? Can... So, so here is a physical place, right? My assumption is there is a physical place, some kind. So, so it's a place. Mm-hmm. He's doing something now about the future. There, he says, I'm going to prepare for right. you. what else. Other things. Well, right. Why would you prepare something? Right. Right. It would be a waste of time. So, this is really cool, right? Jesus Christ, the Spirit, and God the Father were part of the original creation, right? And they did that in seven days. I mean, he has 2,000 years. It's got to be a pretty cool place. (laughs) 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 I'm just kidding. Um, But uh, what's fascinating here is that he... He begins this whole verse with what? Let not your heart be troubled. Ah, hearts were troubled. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't be saying this unless their hearts were agitated, right? So what's fascinating here is that um, one of the greatest antidotes to um, agitated heart, a stir, ah, this word troubled is the idea of, it's the, it's the concept of like water is really still and like you, Shake it up and it like scuffles all over and it has these ripples that go out to the edges of your soul, right? Like they come out of this thing that's happened and you all of a sudden like you have these agitations going on all over your soul. He's saying, disciples, like this is what this this is what you're experiencing right now. I tell you. 
The antidote to that is to know the future. So, you know, the antidote, according to this, is to believe in God and to believe also in God. So his commands them to trust in him, trust his character, trust who he is, that he is, he is who he is, that he's going to do these things, um, is the idea here. It says, uh, I will come here, I will, I use the language of pick you up, <laughs> okay, and I'm going to take you to where I am, that where I am, you will be also, and you will be with me forever. So, much as we know, anything else we know about from this passage? Promise, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And in, while I think this kind of like got put on the side for the folk, for the disciples, because of all the things that were going on, I got to believe this was one of the most important things that came back and rested their soul. Vicki, you, you talked about this last week, right? This is one of your favorite passages, right? So, I mean, this... This is the antidote to agitation. Um, next is, if we had any idea of what God has planned for us, both now and in the future, we would stand in awe, and we would be literally stunned. Stunned. Let's take a look at uh, 1 Corinthians 2.9. 1 Corinthians 2.9. I'll obviously tell we're not going to get through all of this, so some of the verses I'm going to encourage you to come back and look at them in the few, uh, afterwards. But would somebody read that? So he's done something beyond general creation. For those who love him, right? Because general creation was about all, all human beings, right? So this, he, he's talking about something different here. He's talking about something else he's done, and it's specifically for those who believe in him. And, and he says, eye is not seen and ear is not heard. He's saying, like, what I've got, what I'm, what I've got, what I've, co- what I've cooked up is, is so far beyond your wildest imaginations of your heart. Like, you can't even get there from here. Like, you will, you will stand in awe. You will be stunned with what I have planned. You know what the crazy thing is? This verse, I don't believe, is just about the future heaven. I think this verse is about the moment in time we've been rescued and saved. So I, I could make a case for that. Um, but it certainly does have to do with the future. Um, next, we will be like God. We already looked at this verse. He said in, in, in first. John, we say, and we will be like God. What does that mean? What do you mean we're like God? Omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful. Well, if we were, if it, if that's what it was, so let's give it the benefit of the doubt. Then, then we would be God, and we won't be God. We're created. So, what do you think it might refer to? So, like in order for us to be there, we got to. Okay. So, okay. Whatever, we're going to be likeness of Him. Maybe. Okay. Okay, so, so you can't, yeah. because you're not like the creatures that Right, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, right, sure. So we're going to become like Christ at that time. We will receive, according to other scriptures, bodies that are, quote, glorified. What does glorified mean? It means they're going to go from a physical body to an eternal body. Okay, so if we're like Christ, Christ, when he was resurrected, became had had a um, had a body that that was eternal in nature, mortal. We be mortal beings. Okay, um, and uh, we we will we we won't be omniscient. We'll find out more about that later. Um, and so 
there are elements that will cause us to become like Christ or like God, and there are other elements that are very clear that we 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 won't be like God. I mean, we will be eternal, but we're not ever. We'll be everlasting, but we we all had a created moment, and God is the only one who is eternal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, forever. <laughs> uh, he will reign forever and marry his bride, the church. He will reign forever and marry his bride, the church. Turn to Revelation 19. <coughs> Revelation 19. Um, why don't you, if somebody would read from 4 through 8. Revelation 19, 4 through 8. Anybody? And the twenty elders and the four living God, all you his bondservants, you heard as it were the voice, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the marriage of the bride has made herself. This appears to be a moment in time that um, probably could probably could say, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty. Not that he hasn't reigned in the past, but has begun to reign forever and ever, meaning over over this new thing um, that it, that's that's coming into being, and Jesus Christ, you know, has this marriage of the of of his bride um, in 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 the third heaven um, at this t- point in time. So, Hallelujah is just I, I love this. It's, it's, it comes from a Hallel. Um, with praise and Yah, with ha- uh, Yahweh. Um, so it's it's Hallel is to give the highest praise, Yahweh to be highest God. Um, so it's the highest praise to the highest God. <laughs> it's like the most, the greatest, the most. Uh, um, he will judge non-believers, including the living and the dead. Uh, Revelation twenty eleven through fifteen. Um, Look there with me, 11, uh, Revelation twenty eleven through 15. And he says, And I saw a great white throne, and him who sat upon it, in whose presence the earth and heaven fled away, for there is no place found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their deeds. And the sea gave up their dead, which was in it. And death and Hades Give up the dead. Notice death and Hades. Two different places. Different things. Death being the grave. Um, and Hades being the, the grave where one's physical body is. Um, and Hades um, being the place where the non-believers' souls are. Okay, And he says they both gave up the dead, which were in them, and... And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. This is the second death, the lake of fire. If anyone's name is not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. This word thrown into is the same words that he just finished using back in, um, uh, let's see. But it's the same, it's the same concept. He says he, he throws them into the lake of fire. Oh, here, yeah, th- throws so it throws them into the lake of fire, and then he also says right up in verse 14 that he takes death and Hades, and he throws those two entities into the lake of fire also. So it's both and. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're going to talk more about what this is and the timeline for this, but it's critical to see that non-believers 
the living and the dead, the rich and the, the, the poor, the, the smart and the, and the dumb, you know, there's no diversity here. It's all of the dead who are non-believers. Um, he will create a new redeemed earth in heaven and a capital city, um, chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. Somebody want to read that? 2-2. Uh, two, two, two. Okay. So when he says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, would you, so new, what does new mean here? Current earth and a current heaven are no more. So let me, let me, ask, you di- let me ask you a different yeah. question. More difficult question. If God, so we know from Romans that that there is going to be, according um, to Romans eight, he says that all of creation longs for exclusive act by God of what we call redemption. Redemption is to make it right again, buy back what was lost and put it back together again. When we were um, by God. Did he throw us away? What did he do? St. Phyllis. All things have been made new, according to 1 Corinthians, for life, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, if he threw you away and created a new Phyllis, who wins? Because God's not big enough to do a redemptive purposes. He had to create something whole new. But the fact that he did that and has the capability to do that, like, that is what we'll be praising God forever for. That's what we praise God for now. Like, that's a bigger deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you had a new piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's use scripture, right? He says, what? Well, yeah. He says today, he says, he says, uh, let me just read. You don't have to go there. He says, um, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, right, he is a new creature. The old things, what would the old things be here? The, the sinful nature, the way we lived, slavery to sin. Yeah, the 180% turn we're making right now, right? Repent of, of that, right? The old things are, quote, passed away. Passed away is the same language he's using in Revelation. Follow me? Yeah. Behold, new things have come. Now, in that situation that we're in right now, we're not completely there yet, right? Because we still have, we're, we're still human beings cloaked in this humanness that is the, the sin garb that we have that calls our name sin through our desires still. Okay? We haven't, we've been. We've been declared righteous. We haven't been made righteous yet. So if that's what God did there, would he do something else? Because if he did, then who wins? Because he created this heaven and earth in Genesis, and what did he call it? Beyond that. Very good. Like, primo. Like, cool. The best it could be. The, The highest best there is. Like, he didn't create that one, and then... Knew it was kind of a, you know, a secondary, not quite as good as the one I'm going to do way in the future, okay? Like, it's a prototype, it's a, it's a draft. <laughs> no, it was the best, it was the best. So, so if that's that, like, why would we somehow think, and, he, and we demonstrated it right here, that, he, that this is what he's doing with us, right? 
Like, how would we somehow think that he's going to do something radically weird and different then for the rest of creation if, he, if we're, like, the highest order of creation? But we wouldn't, would we? So new, what? It's the same thing, which is the coolest thing. Like, he's going to take this current world system, universe, two trillion um, planets, um, Two trillion galaxies with a hundred billion gal- uh, uh, stars in them. Uh, this current world, the, the the creation that exists, like he's going to take that whole thing and like redeem it and take it back to where it was when he created it. And it's not going to be a different one. This is not new in kind of thing. This is new in character in prizes. What is that? It is old things have passed away. What are the old things? It's the sin domination of, of the curse. That's what makes this world and creation and everything that is part of it. This, this sin disease has like been like, like infused in everything that exists. Everything. And our God is going to redeem it all in one fell swoop. Back to that in a second. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And let me tell you, because of this, this is one of the biggest enlightening, illuminative truths that just rocked my world. Because I thought it always long was the other. Now, if you go to 1 Peter, I can walk you through that, that passage too, which says, you know, Elements, intense heat, blah, 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 right? But other places, you know, that we could look at if we had time says that the kingdoms of this world will all be wrapped up and, and, and God's kingdom will become the best of the best of the best of the best of all these kingdoms, the eternal kingdom. And so that, that is going to be on this earth. It's not going to be someplace else. Like, this is what he... Um, is going to usher in. So hold, hold that in suspenders for a second. Um, he will live forever among his bride, children, people, believers. Uh, 21.3, he says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle or the dwelling of God is now going to be among men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and he himself shall be among them as their God. Uh, he will remove, remove the first things of the, or the curse from sin and make all things new. All things new. Again, definition of new, right? Um, 22.3, he says, um, and there shall no longer be any curse. No longer any curse. No longer any sin. Um, so, all right. Strap on your boots. Are you ready? We're going to go through this pretty quickly. All right. I'm going to find out how much you know about heaven. Here's where you... And <laughs> no cheating, okay. You have to circle it before we go to the answer. Okay, come on. Stay with me now. Heaven is a metaphor for something good, a fairy tale dreamland, a real place. See? Everybody, anybody differ? Huh? See? Well, I mean, it can be. All right. A real place. Uh, we already talked about this in John fourteen three, right? It's a spatial term. Uh, described of heaven, and it's a place, it's a location. Come back and take you to it means it's a physical destination of some kind. Okay? 
Good. One for one. <laughs> Other names for heaven include the New Jerusalem, the New Jerusalem, and the New Earth, Cloud Nine. <laughs> All of the above? <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> which, which one would you choose? New Jerusalem, okay. All right, B is right. The New Jerusalem and the New Earth. New Jerusalem and the New Earth. Um, Isaiah 65, 17 talks about that. Um, so we will reign over a resurrected universe centered on a new resurrected earth with a capital city, the resurrected Jerusalem. Okay, um, okay next one is, um, in heaven we will float around among the clouds strumming harps, sit in an eternal church service, serve God with great joy. All right, good job. Serve God with great joy. We will find our greatest pleasure in God, worship and thank Him. We will help Him run the universe. We will reign with Christ, exercising leadership, authority, make important decisions, set goals, make plans, share ideas. Can you even imagine, like, can you eat, like I'm in the tech world, right? Can you even imagine what the future is going to hold? To take all the technology and everything we know today and, inst and have... Business and, and everything going on in such a way that no one cares about getting the glory other than giving the glory to God. And everybody like builds on everybody else's ideas and like makes it all synergy and this and that. And like, can you imagine how, how fast that growth would just like explode? More to come. All right. Um, in heaven, we will be angels, people with bodies. Disembodied spirits. B, yes, B, people with bodies. We will physical, we, we will have physically resurrected bodies like Jesus. When Jesus was here, you know, he what were some of the attributes of his of his body in the resurrection that we saw when he was yet to be resurrected, uh, glorified? You what? He had hunger. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Um, animals will be in heaven. Agree or disagree? Agree. What? Agree? Definitely. Agree. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the creation. Bingo. See, this just ties back to what we just talked about. Like, how, like, if the creation is fully redeemed, then then the animal kingdom would be fully redeemed, right? And so, um, yes, it's, uh, animals are a part of God's perfect original design for the earth and mankind. He will remake the earth and redeem all of creation. One of the Good job. I have is yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I, I don't know of the redemptive, I don't know of the redemptive kingdom. <laughs> We, we could take another couple sessions to Don't walk through this one. Uh, what I'll say, well, yeah, what I'll say there is that scriptures aren't clear. Um, it appears as though human beings are the ones that have souls and were created in the image of God. Uh, uh, animals have spirits also, certainly, but um, it doesn't appear that 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 the current um, animals that exist will be there themselves, but it's not clear. 
There's a very good possibility. Are they going to procreate? Because yeah. there's, there's no death there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So will animals die? Yeah. So, so these are great questions. The, the other one that I'll say is, you know, if we had just looked at, are the current animal kingdom the same ones that are going to be in the eternal state? And, and I'd have to say no. Um, there, and why do I say that? Is because there appears to be animals today in in heaven that aren't on earth and so i could take you there and show you those passages but um so it doesn't appear it appears that they will be the ones that are here for sure but i think there's going to be others too so i we can talk more about that but all these are great questions <laughs> unicorns <laughs> all right stay with me i got a lot to cover come on you, you can ask your questions at the end, okay? The following will be in heaven. Illness, wars, churches, um, or none of the above. Why do you say that? Wait, wait, hold on. What? Well, because it says... We are the church. This is an interesting question. It says there's longer be any curse, so there won't be illness. Okay, so those kind of knock those off. As far as churches, I mean the church Christ, the bride of Christ. Second... Church of <laughs> All right, you're right. None of the above. Why? Because the first things of Adam will be gone forever on the new earth. The present purpose. Here's the key thing. The present purpose of the church is what? Yeah, and there will no longer be the need for that. Will the people who are in the church today be there? Yeah, but the purpose of the church in this age is not going to be needed. Yep. Okay, next one. Will there be time in heaven? No, we'll be resting for eternity. No, time will have no meeting. Yes, there will be time. Pardon me? <laughs> every one of these, every one of these fillings go, yeah, If this is a redeemed world, what? How do you have those doing things with casting light and doing blah, 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 right? Without time. But we don't well, so let's God's look. Time. So let's look at Revelation eight one. Good question. Well, that's interesting. So, so if measurements, so if measurements according to the according to the Revelation says that the rep, that the measurements in heaven are the same as the measurements on earth. I, I can take you to that passage, okay? Um, but that doesn't say time, right? So look at Revelation 8.1. Somebody read that? So is this half hour like God's half hour or our half hour? Right, yeah. Heaven, so... So yes, there will be time. We will live for eternity as, it, as finite beings. God accommodates to us by entering time. So this is key. God alone is outside of time. And he dwells in outside of time. But he chooses to enter into time to dwell with his people, to be a part of them. And so, um, uh, we, but we can't accommodate to him by being timeless. So the hymn, that's, the hymn that says this, it's not really in the Bible, and time shall be no more, is not accurate. For music to be in heaven, there must be time duration. Make sense? Yeah. Can't have music and 
praise and everything else without a time dimension. But oh! I had to do that. <laughs> no, time means means everything, forever. So if 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 we and they are Christians, will we be reunited with our loved ones in heaven? Um, yes or no? Buddy, agree with you? Okay. The answer is yes. Um, heaven's greatest joy will be our uniting with Christ. Our next greatest joy will be reuniting with our loved ones who have died in Him. The belief of a memory wipe would not make sense if Paul encouraged believers to quote unquote be comforted of an afterlife reunion. Now we will talk about that wipe as it pertains to sin and love the ones that aren't there. Yeah. Okay. Is it commonly accepted that heaven will be on the new earth? Yes or no? Okay, good. No, strongly no. It's not even understood that way. Heaven is where God dwells. Emmanuel means God with us. God's ultimate heaven is not us going to live with him in a spirit realm, but it is God coming to live with us on a new earth and in a new heaven, which will become our eternal state. Eternal state. Does that make sense? So this is really critical. I mean, when I walk out you know, in San Diego with 78 degrees, an ocean breeze, and, and I breathe like deeply or see a sunset or you name it. It's like, oh, <laughs> seriously, like, oh, it doesn't. Right? Um, then you come to Chicago in January and you go, I was wrong. <laughs> this is it. We are going to talk this about that. It, <laughs> we are going to talk about that. <laughs> so the, the key question there is, are there seasons in heaven? And the answer is actually yes. And, it, and it's actually told to us. It, it's actually, it's actually told to us in the verses that immediately follow the flood. It actually says this. Fascinating. Um, is the present heaven where believers go when we die the same place we will live forever? Yes or no? Okay. No. When we die, we go to be with Christ. We are in a pre-resurrected state, anticipating our resurrections. And Christ's return to earth, the place where we will live forever, will be where God comes down to dwell with us on the new earth. Okay? Next, will we be so absorbed with God that we lose our individual identities? No. Okay, good, no. <clears throat> um, to believe that is like Hinduism or uh, it's not Christianity. Um, but many Christians do believe it. Um, the fact is that our resurrection means that we will attain our identities and be forever reestablished as individuals, liberated to see God and worship him as our primary joy and the source of all derivative joys. No. Is the physical realm evil? Yes or no? Here. Okay, so this was a key issue in the past church, in the church for the church in the past. They, they saw the physical, what we can see and touch as being evil and spiritual as being good. And I'm here to say that that really was Christian Platonism and like, like that is a lie. Because God created us and he called it all great. <laughs> Mark's rendition. Um, so no, um, uh, called it very good. He has, he has never given up on his original plan for physical human beings to rule the earth for his glory. God sent his son to permanently become a man and redeem and restore the physical universe, including our bodies and the earth, to become all he desired it to be. Be fulfilled. 
okay, in heaven, we will see everything clearly. Um, according to 1 Corinthians 13, 12, he says, let me read it for you. Um, he says, um, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. For now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, as, just as I have also been fully known. So in the presence of the Lord, he says, I will know fully. Talked a little bit about this a second ago, right? Um, so the answer is no. If we knew everything, we would be God, right? So I wrote down that we will see accurately. We will know accurately, but not exhaustively. So f- without the sin comp- complex that we have of how, how to think rightly, in, that, in his presence, we will be able to think clearly, rightly, and accurately. But we won't know it, think, or know exhaustively. We will know, we will know extensively, but we won't know, be omniscient. Correct. That will be the pleasure of discovery for all eternity. Will we remember our lives and relationships on earth? Yes or no? Okay, good. Yes, of course. Um, We will be smarter in heaven, not dumber. (laughs) Remembrance is important to God, which is why the heavenly city has memorials of people and events on earth. Like literally the foundations and the gates are named after people from this earth. So there's memorials. Like he talks about the memorial of the book of remembrance. The book of remembrance in Malachi literally is you know, a book that speaks of everything that happened so people will be able to remember. Okay? So, um, scroll of remembrance uh, concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. Pa- the pain of the past will be gone, but memories of being together in good times, walking with Christ and experiencing intimate times with family and friends will live on. So that which matters most. So... so I believe, I, I, believe, I believe both for that answer and also for those who don't know Christ that, that don't go to heaven, I think we will, for the first time in our lives, understand God's perspective on that, those things in the past and those people. As a result, like it won't, it won't shake us. It won't, won't be the, the kind of thing it is today without the regret. The way in which sin affects our thinking processes about those areas. Um, next, will we learn in heaven? Okay, yes, um, definitely. Uh, we, are, we are told that in the ages to come, God will continually reveal to us, quote-unquote, the incomparable riches of his grace. Incomparable riches of his grace. We will keep learning about his ways in creation and still not understand all things. Um, will we know our loved ones in heaven? I think we said already what? Yes. 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 Um, it's fascinating because, like, in the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John did not know, they had never met uh, Elijah, yet in the moment, somehow they knew he was. Fascinating. And uh, I believe that that will be similar to what we will have knowledge of heaven. Um, We will know some things. God will give us the ability. Um, Okay. And back to this is that that's the point you bring up. Heaven seems to, to be not... To be not ignorant of what is happening on earth, but where perspective is brought forward. It's that perspective that I think is the key. Um, will we eat and drink in heaven, yes or no? Yes. So back to why, how we talk this through, yes. Um, we will eat and drink celebration on the tab- uh, at a table with Christ and the redeemed saints of the earth. We'll co- be communicating and fellowshipping and storytelling and rejoicing and remembering 
It will include relationship building activities such as eating, dialogue, and corporate worship amongst the saints and angels and God himself. So this, this one will float your boat. Isaiah 25, 6. I used to not believe that um, someone should drink at all. But then I found this verse. 25.6, it says, And the Lord of hosts will prepare a lavish banquet for all peoples on this mountain, a banquet of aged wine, choice pieces of marrow, and refined aged wine. Not just, a, not just refined wine, aged wine. <laughs> and on this mountain he will swallow up the covering, which is for over all peoples, and he stretch out a veil over all nations, and he will swallow up death for all time. Sounds to me like it should be fun. Um, Okay, what will be the greatest relentless joy of heaven? Living in your own mansion, marrying our bridegroom, family reunion with loved ones. Or the great big feast. Again, greatest and relentless joy. Yep, marrying our bridegroom, Jesus Christ. If we love Christ, we will long to be with him. The next greatest joy will be our reunion with loved ones. The longer the separation, the sweeter it will be. It will be, quote unquote, our glorious, glorious reunion. Glorious reunion. Um, okay, uh, I am going to, like, in, you guys have three more minutes? Three, yeah? I mean, you're going to have to write quick, okay? And we have no time to go through it in detail, obviously, okay? So what I want you to do is get, turn to the back page real quick, okay? I'm going to give you a framework or a timeline for this stuff, okay? So first of all, this is Pentecost. Pentecost. So Pentecost is when the church was born, right? Right, Mark? Right. <laughs> okay, and that, brought, that ushered in what we call this church age, the last 2,000 years, the church age. It's from Pentecost to the rapture, rapture of the church. Pentecost to rapture, rapture. Rapture just means to, to, to pull out of or to snatch away. Um, Pentecost to rapture. And these are the things which shall take place. So the next part of this, uh, this timeline is the second coming of Christ. And the second coming of Christ, Jesus Christ, is broken into two parts. One is called the rapture, and one is called the return. So the rapture happens, and um, that ushers in what we call this tr the tribulation. Tribulation is um, broken up into two parts. Um, it's a seven-year period, and it's broken into two parts. One, the first part is three and a half years, and that first three and a half years um, is, uh, well, I could go through all the things that are going to happen here, but the first three and a half years, and then there's this, this thing that happens right in the mid-zone, mid right at three and a half years, and, um, and that ushers in this last three and a half years, and this last three and a half years, according to the scriptures, is called the Great Tribulation. So if this was the Tribulation period, this is called the Great Tribulation. It's also called Jacob's Trouble. Jacob's Trouble. Okay, Jacob's Trouble. It's hard to read that. So then next is, the next part that happens is the return of Christ. So the second coming of Christ is broken into two parts. One is the rapture, and two is the return. Rapture and the return. Okay, And then we see down below the order of the resurrections. The order of the resurrection. I don't have time to go through all the verses on these. I'd love to do it, but maybe we do it some other time. But uh, um, the order of the resurrection. So at the end of the church age, before the tribulation period, at the rapture, we see the church saints. The church saints 
being resurrected. So what does a resurrection mean? It just literally means where their physical body and their, and their souls come together and they are given an, an immortal body. Mortal body, okay? So the church saints occurs at the rapture. Second is Old Testament saints and the saints of the tribulation period who are martyred for their faith. Those are resurrected at the end of the tribulation period when Christ comes back again. So the Old Testament saints and saints that are become believers in Christ and are martyred for their faith and are, are not still alive on planet earth at the time, at the end of the tribulation period, is uh, will be resurrected at the return of Christ. Make sense? Okay. Next is that will usher in what we call a thousand-year reign of Christ physically on this earth. In that thousand-year reign are called the millennium or the kingdom age. It's a thousand years. And that thousand years will be Christ reigning on earth, non-believers still yet that are born, and believers. And you have also on earth at the same time mortal believers immortal believers, because all those who are believers in God for all time come with Christ at his return, and they will be on this earth dwelling, living amongst each other, mortals and immortals, okay? Next, then, what you see is the beginning of the kingdom age, that Satan is bound into a pit for that thousand years, and then he's let go at the very end. And then what you see is at the very end of the kingdom age is the unsaved of all the ages are resurrected, and we read this today, into what we call the great white throne judgment. Great white throne judgment. Okay? And that ushers us into the eternal state. And the eternal state has two parts to it. One is the new heavens and earth, and the second is hell or a lake of fire. Hell or a lake of fire. Okay? So new heavens and new earth, or hell, and the lake of fire. So Satan then is thrown into the lake of fire there. So only there are only two destinations for all people. One is the new heavens and new earth. Second is hell or the lake of fire for eternity. Make sense? So just in closing, four, uh, everybody got that? Okay. Just the, I'm just going to give you the four class learning objectives we had. And want to confirm with you that we, we, we were able to achieve this in our four classes that we had here. The first one is was to understand truth. This is back on the page before. Understand truth and what a worldview is. Second is to conclude why getting a worldview right is so jugular. Third is to confidently decide what my worldview is. And fourth is to give me handles in my life to be able to engage other people and uh, discuss their worldview. Discuss their worldview in, in a in a way that's not um, condescending and it's not confrontational, but it's in love and truth. 